Micha. The background to who Micha was, the discussion about when the Micha lived, uh, and the various Chazals who blame Micha for the results that his actions caused, but on the other hand, compliment him for being a Machnas Archim. So, we're holding my Pasuk base in Perak and the Pasuk says, Vayemeli Yemei. Micha says to his mother, Elef Umeyu HaKesef, Ashilukach Loch. A thousand and a hundred pieces of silver which were taken from you. Va'at Odis, and you gave a klala. Vagam Omar Ba'oznai. And you told me also about the, the fact that you cursed ever took the money. So you should know, he now cast a fifty and need a captive. I have the money, I took it away. And now his mother obviously felt bad that she had given the clutter to unknowing not knowing who she was giving the clutter to and landed up that her son was the one who had taken the money. So if I tell him, as unfortunately say, is a way to try and offset with the result of the clutter that you get. Now, it's a very strange way to start the story. Uh, it's like starting from the back. Normally, the way the Navi presents the story is the other way around. His mother had a certain amount of money. The mother lost the money. The mother would have cursed to ever took the money. And Mich would have owned up and said it was me. Why does the, the tell us the story of, of the, the money of Micha's mother starting off with the admission, La'achar Maisa, of Micha saying, by the way, the money which was taken from you, and you gave a clue about you should know I took it. And also leads on to the question, why did Micha take it? What was the, what was the reason for that? So, we have to answer all these questions. Uh, the first one I'm going to point out, something which the Mephoshim all knows right away, and that is, is do you think that the thousand, the hundred is significant? Because we just learned the previous parak, uh, the story of Shimshon. And the Vesani Plishtim promised Shimshon's wife, Delilah, a thousand, a hundred pieces of silver in order to find out what the source of Shimshon's strength was. And because of that, they're showing like the Adak and others, we learn that Micha's mother was the wife of Shimshon. And the money which, uh, Lila, and the money which was stolen from her was the same money that the Sani Pishtim gave her for, uh, so to speak, surrendering Shimshon to her. That's why we have the same amount of money. It's interesting that Rashi, thank you, Rashi was aware of this chat, Rashi doesn't like it. And Rashi, he says, Yesh, I mean, she was pushed, she was perverted. And the Irish and Mitaka say that. Rashi Rashitasi doesn't like it because Rashi says the whole way through the story that Michal's story happened at the beginning of Shetim, not now. In which case the story happened nearly 250 years before the story of Shimshon. So that's, I guess, obviously wasn't the same man or the same lady. But, like I said, the Mephoshim who learned that the story happened chronologically now after the story of Shimshon, they point out this is one of the. It's, uh, so to speak, not really a proof, but an unlikely coincidence that we're talking about exactly the same amount of money, which was the money given to Delilah uh, in order to surrender Shimshon. Didn't they swindle her out of that money? Yeah, we saw, 100% yes, he's right. We saw then there was Machlechus about that. And then therefore, there was one opinion that they didn't give her the money, they promised to give it, they didn't because, and she never told them what Shimshon's strength was, she just gave her Shimshon. But there was another Mahalach, which is the same Radak, that holds that they did give her money. Now, if that's the case, so it was 1,000 one per, sar, per sarin, per sarin, or whatever. Uh, that's not clear. The pasuk says before. When it, when it says the pasuk, hey, it says 
we'll each give it to a man, um, each one of us, a thousand, a hundred. So the Mitzvah there explains Ish as being each one of us will give you this amount of money. In which case, there was much more than that because we're five thousand uh, It wasn't just a thousand lines, she would have made five thousand five hundred. Uh, which again, that's the shit of the um, the that's and again he's not that's not the same shit which is talking over here. The Miradak who is the by memory here, he doesn't explain it like that there. He doesn't he doesn't like that the ish means each one must give it to you. Okay, either way around so that's the background to at least according to him of the money that we're talking about. And if that's the case, so then the question is uh, what was the reason why Micha would have taken the money from his mother? So now there's another point to understand here also, and that is if even though uh, maybe the lady in question, according to some of Hashem, was Dilla, the wife of Shimshon, it's clear that Micha wasn't the son of Shimshon because Dilla was uh, Shimshon's Meshavet Dan, and Micha, as you saw, was Meshavet Frank. So uh, even if it's Taka, the same person, she must have remarried somebody else, and the son was Mecha. It wasn't uh, from Shimshon. Again, assuming this was the story happened now, and it wasn't like we saw in the Chazal that the Mecha was the Mecha came out of Mitzrayim. But whatever the case is, the, if that would be the case, so then there's two ways in the version to explain what, what was the story with this money, and why Mecha took it, and why he eventually gave it back. Um, so the one side is, if that's the case, so. Be, even though the little, so as we gained the money by being Moses Shimshon to the Plishtim, so the one explanation is Micha felt that it was ill gotten money. It was the money which was given to Messira and through her own husband that she killed, killed basically, like that in the end, and therefore he didn't hold that she deserved it, which is why I took it away from her. So that's the case why they give it back. So the answer is because she made a clutter. And she gave a clutter to ever take the money, and then, as much as he didn't feel that she deserved the money, but Lemaisa, once she cursed ever took it, so then uh, he, he decided he's going to give it back to her. Uh, if that's the case, so then instead of going back in the story of why he took it, based on the previous story of Shimshon, it just goes back to the end point of the story, which is what, what caused him to give the money back, and that's what he says. Because you gave a clutter, you told me about the clutter, and therefore now that I know that you gave a clutter to ever took it, he was scared of the clutter, and that's why he gave the money back. Um, that's uh, one Mahalach in the Mufashim. The fact that it says, Baruch Benida Hashem, and the Pasha says Hashem, which means Hashem. Uh, when the Navi talks about Vedazar, it doesn't use the name of okay? So it's talking about Hashem, which means, interestingly enough, even though we're going to see that they're going to be involved in Vedazar, but Lemaisa, uh, they, they didn't not believe it is Hashem. As you see over here, that uh, when she wants to give a brach or a klara, she goes, she talks about Hashem. That's one point. The other, the other idea, which is, okay, so we'll see in a second. That that's the one shot and what the story of this money was, where it came from, and the background of why it was taken, why it was given back. So what happens in Pasuk Gimel? We'll see the especially in Pasuk Gimel. We'll see the other halach here. Vayashev es Elif for Maya Akesef Leimoy. So Micha returns all the money. A thousand and hundred pieces of silver to his mother, but tell me, Emai. And his mother says, Haktesh, Haktesh, is a case of Lashem. Miyadi Libni, I've been maktish this money to Hashem. In other words, she, that she doesn't want to take it back for herself, but I've decided instead of that to be maktish money to Hashem, from me, Miyadi Libni, to my son, Lash is personal, 
in order to make a personal statue uh, image, is a masecha, and therefore Vatashi Venulach. She takes the money back in order to give to him, so in order to make a pestle. And once again, she says, like, that's the case of Lashem. So what's she trying to do? On the one hand, she's, she's, she claims that she's been matched into Hashem in order to make an Avodah Zarah. How does that work? Uh, also, what was the point of that? If she wanted the money back, so why would she makdish the money? And then she, instead of taking the money back, she decides instead to makdish it. Um, she says to makdish it and, and, and give it back to Micha to make a personal. So following the same you said, you said before, and that is that the, again, assuming that the lady we're talking about is Lila and the money is the money that she got from surrendering Shemshim to the Prishtim, so when Micha explained to her why he took the money away from her, so then she also felt guilty about taking the money. And therefore, rather than keep the money for herself, she decided, you're right, I don't want to get benefits from money which I used in order to get Shemshim killed, and therefore she wants to match the money to Hashem. But we're talking about somebody who at least began as a Prishti, and therefore, she didn't think there's anything wrong with making a pestle as a way of being much money to Hashem. Obviously, as Yudin Milan, that's about desire. But, uh, she is much money to Hashem to make a pestle, so she didn't think it would be about desire. That's the, that's the one shot. Now, that's where Rashi brings on the, the, the fact that there are these Yashem, there are these Mephoshim hold that we're talking about later. But like I said, Rashi himself doesn't hold that shot because the other story happened much earlier. Uh, that, now, if we're going to go without that, that just happened that she had the same amount of money, and Michal stole it from her, and uh, if that's the case, we have to go back and ask the question, why did he steal it, and why did he give it back, and why was she Maktish the money? So, to start with the end question first, why she was Maktish the money, is because she was scared of her clutter. Of her? Clutter. When she gave her clutter to have it, took the money, so she didn't realize it was the took the money, and now when she realizes that Israel and took the money, so now she doesn't, now she's, she's like, what can she do, so to speak, to uh, ameliorate the effect of the color that she gave? And therefore she thinks the answer is, is that she instead she dedicates the money, which was the source of the color to Hashem, as a, in some way that's going to mechaper or undo the color that she did, and therefore she gives the money back to Mecha and says, I'm, I'm being maxed to Hashem, clearly that should uh, offset the effect of the color. But the question still needs to be answered, and that is, if it, uh, according to the Pshat of Rashi, that this story happened a long time earlier, why did Micha take the money? Either that, that the Novi doesn't tell us. He just says the money which was taken, he says, I have, and he wants to give it back to And uh, that was widely taken, so that, that, that doesn't explain. Uh, it's also interesting in Vashi for that in this Mahalach, that there's an unnecessary Lashon in the Pasuk. He says, kesef iti The money is by me, I took it. Or would it be enough to say, I need a kakhti? I took the money. Why is, why is it to say first, the money is by me, and then say, I took it? In other words, that's uh, it's, it's an necessary relation, and it's in the wrong order. If you're going to say, well, you should say, rather, I took it, the money is by me. So I saw the Mephoshim say an interesting thing, and they say that once he heard the clutter, Michal was scared to enough that it was him. And therefore, he starts off by saying, okay, so it's for me. In other words, it could be someone returned it to me, or it could be I got a hold of it, but he didn't admit straight away to saying, I took the money. He said, all he said is, I have the money. I can give it back to you. It's only after she interrogated, how did he get it? Where did it come from? And he had to admit the second point, I need a kakhtif, that I took it as well. And, that, and then we made that. Once she realizes that he took it, so then he would be the subject of her clutter. 
So the man then she says, like we said, that she wants to give a bracha and dedicate the money for a good cause, which she thought was for Hashem, by making some kind of a statue as a way to undo the clothes she gave. In general, why? Okay. So that's the two Mahalchim in these two psalms. So, he gives the money back to his mother. His mother takes 200 of, this, of pieces of silver. But it now it's Arif, and she gives it to a Tsarif as a metal worker, and she makes it into a statue, and the statue was in the house of Mech. Now, what's the 200 kesef we're talking about? The explained, this was bes- that this is besides for the 1,100. The 1,100 was the money which was made into the, the silver, which was melted and made into the pestle, besides that she had to pay another 200 in order to pay somebody to do it. So she takes another 200 to pay the tariff, to pay a silver worker, in order to convert the money into into a pestle. That's uh, the one mahalach. The other mahalach which is brought here in the Farshim, of why it ended up being 200, which she, which she said she gave for it, And that is that she only used 200 in order to make the pestle, even though she originally dedicated the whole amount. And then she only used the chalik of it to make the vessel. And if that's the case, we're going to see there was extra money to be used for paying the coin or paying people to serve it, whatever it was going to be, because they didn't use the whole amount to making the pestle, they still had a lot left in the bank. Now, it says at that stage that when she made the pestle, it was in the house of Michiel. And we pointed out beforehand that Michiel is a sign of Hashivas. And therefore, at this stage, Michiel wasn't yet an Avid of Avizara, according to these Mephashim. Again, according to the Chazal, they came out of Mitzrayim as an Avid of Avizara. Obviously, we're not going with that opinion. But they said Michiel is a sign that Kilot, Zir, Kevo, Hashem, Hashem, that he was still at that stage of And at that stage, Michiel had no intention of serving the statue that his mother made and left in his house, and just, just remained there. Spend time in his house. But, and this is always the danger of the Koyach of Ra, and that is it has an effect on a person. So even though Michal Torfano just said, I'll leave the statue in my house, I want the fact we'll sit in the corner, but he said it started off just sitting in the house of Michal, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect Michal. And therefore the next person says, Va'ish Michal, lay base to him. The Michal, now because I call Michal anymore, it calls him Michal, he was miscalculated by having this of a desire in his house. And therefore, he now decides he's going to make uh, his house into a place of service, of worship for the Savayi Desire. And this is where he starts the slope, which is going to fall into, into the Mashal Pahishra. In other words, first he's Mashal himself. And then he's having Savayi Desire in his house. Eventually, he himself starts, or decides to start worshiping it. So it's Right, exactly. We had a nice expansion two weeks ago. If you bring it to heaven to your house, then you're going to become something of a tzaiva, something which is as bad as it is. It has an effect on a person. And what's that effect? The uh, pashat. It's not, it's uh, when something's a tzaiva, and when a verizera is called a tzaiva, it's something which a person is repulsed by. And therefore, the, the initial reaction you get, you see it, is you look away, you, you avoid it. Something which is repulsive, something which is a terrible, something which is disgusting to a person. And that's the barrier which is going to keep a person from getting too close to it. 
Whereas when it's something which is always there and then it loses its, its status of being a favor, it doesn't, it's not so bad that I'm used to it. It doesn't uh, like repulse me the same way. That's when it becomes a danger that a person's going to get attracted to it. And therefore, as long as it's in the category of its favor, so then a person naturally uh, like runs away from it. And uh, maybe it's not going to affect him. But when it's something which a person gets used to and gets too close to, so then it's going to have its effect. And therefore, it's stated the type of mecha, and like for all of us, I'm sure at the beginning, if a person had a statue of his own in his house, he would be like turned away from it. He would look, wouldn't look at it. He would keep keep it as far as the room, whatever it would be. But the regularity of having it there, eventually, the person isn't no longer put off by it, and it eventually has an effect on a person, and eventually, it's going to get to the stage where mecha himself becomes the worship of it. But yes, after the trophim. So the first thing is not just he, he, he made it into some kind of a, a desire, but he also starts to avoid it, to worship it. The ephod is, is uh, like in the Mikdash, it's a baggage worn by the Kalim. The trophim, as you know from Lavan, in other times the trophim was a means of divination. It was there to in the future, and there's a certain uh, a certain mahalach uh, that the Avedazara used to use in order to try and get the prophet to speak. And besides that, he doesn't just leave it at making him, he also makes one of his sons into a coin, which means that now there's a proper regular avoider, which he's doing with Savoy Desire, and that's why he's got somebody who's officially the one who's involved in in serving Avoy Desire on a regular basis. There was Gershon, there was Gershon. I haven't got that yet. Now, how could that be? Now, how could it be that in Klayashal there would be somebody who's serving with Rezara and Klayashal would turn a blind eye to it? So that's the second part of the passage. Since there was no one in control, there was no one who was, uh, so to speak, the central authority which felt responsible for the entire Klayashal, so someone could do what they wanted and no one necessarily felt obligated to take a stand against it or to get involved, get involved to put a stop to it. So that's the start of the Hesel of Mecham. Mm. It starts as his private endeavor, which he's made his private space of a desire for. He's using one of his sons as the one to sell of a desire, and it's in his own house. Just because there's no king, that that, that means that nobody's moichen? Kolesh of Bein of Yasin means like if, if I'm arguing in Svara and you're arguing in Svara, I'm going to go with what I hold and you go with what you hold. Right. And is that going to be more than Pais But over here, I don't think yet. Did he have a swara that convinced anybody that what he was doing was right? No, one, he, I don't think as far as to convince anybody what he was doing was right. But there was nobody who took took it on themselves to be the one to stop it. Meaning the king would have... So if it had been a king, the then that's part of his responsibility. Mashiach, if you don't have somebody responsible, so okay. So uh, I know my neighbors are Russia, what can I do about it? Is that a big time on Klaishal that nobody it, was right? It definitely is. We're going to see the punishment of Klaishal goes this. Most of the points which the points came which I'm sorry, bring out of here. The first one is that, like we say, money which comes by Isser, uh, it's just going to cause pro- uh, just going to cause a kilka. And therefore, going on the first chapter, this was the money which he got from surrendering Shimshon and getting Shimshon killed, so it's, nothing good is going to come out of that money. And that money ends up being in Avodah Even on the second side, money which had been a source of a clutter. So... The fact that it, what what the, the fact that she gave her son a clod of stealing her money, uh, the money, so the clod was fulfilled. Uh, not in the sense that Mecha 
Kotseko died, but the cloud was fall that he, he went to the Derech. That, that same money which he had taken from her was now the source of what caused him to become a Russia. She was Makdashit to Hashem, but then she used it to make a person. She had used it for the Mishkan, maybe, but to use it to make a person is just to another know with it. That's the, the first part of the story. Now, the second part of the story. There was a, a, a young person from Beslechem. Beslechem is in Shevet Yudah, it's not near Harifraim. Uh, he was Mishpachas Yehuda, which makes sense when he's living in Shevet Yehuda. And it says he was a Levi. How do you reconcile that he's from Mishpachas Yehuda and he's a Levi? So the Chazal said very simply, his father was a Levi, his mother was from Shevet Yehuda. Why was he living in Shevet Yehuda? Because the Levim didn't live in Akhla, and therefore she would be living with his mother's family wherever her family was from in, in Shevet Yehuda. Rukhashem, he lived there, which is the completely unnecessary because we just said he's from there. So every second he lived there. So Chazal see uh, remedies here that this lady was really a grandson of Moshe Rabbeinu. One of Moshe's sons is Gershom, and this was the son of Gershom. And therefore, Gershom is meant to two words, but really it should be read as one word, that he's from Gershom, the son of Moshe. And such as the Remes, the Apostle is going to say it much more clearly later on. So this lady who lived in Beslechem, now, he, Chazal tell us, he, for whatever reason, he didn't have a parnasa, and therefore he's going to look for he's going to look for some kind of employment to give himself a parnasa. Why a levi needed a parnasa is itself a question. The whole point of giving the levi a maestress was that they would be supported by Klai Yisrael, so and they would be able to devote themselves to that void or to learning whatever else it's going to be. So it's kind of strange that we have a levi who's looking for a parnasa. Mm-hmm. We have to answer that question, but that's what happened. And now he says, so this lady leaves the city of Eslechem mm-hmm. to find a new place to live, wherever you can find the Parnassah, that's where he's going to live. And what happens? And on his journey, he, make, he, meets, he meets up with Mecha. Like we said, it wasn't an unusual thing, because Mecha, like we said last night, was the big Mecha Sarkin. And therefore, anybody who wasn't going to Har Ephraim would stay at Mecha's house. So, when he's hosted by Mecha, so where are you coming from? I'm a levy from Beslechem. So I'm looking for a place to live. So I am a You can live with me. You can be a teacher for me or a kohen. And he's offering him now to be the kohen of this Vedazarim. Every year I'm going to give you a salary of 10 silver pieces. As well as a set of clothing. And all your food and board, it's all in me. You get free room and board, and you get a salary of 10 pieces a year. And what's the job you have to do? So stay with me. Now, just to give you a point perspective, if a year's salary is 10 silver pieces, then the 1,100 pieces that we're talking about is a tremendous amount of money. It's, uh, you can just work out the Cheshman yourself. You're talking about more than 110 year salary. Right, so, we, so it's an enormous amount of money that we that was used to make this vessel. Okay, now so what, is, what does it mean by Yerichalevi? Because now the next pasuk says, "Vayelhalevi l'shevesesheish." The levi agreed to stay with the man, but he and Anna kechdi bonim, and Micha treated him very well. He treated him like part of the family. So how do we have two different pesukim? Vayelhalevi, and then after Vayelhalevi l'shevesesheish. 
So Rashi and other Mephoshim, the Radak is meant simply that Vayelech Halevi means the Levi followed Micha. He agreed to what he wanted him to do. And if that's the case, the Apostle isn't really adding anything because the next person already said that. The Levi agreed to stay with him and he ended up becoming part of Micha's family. The other Mephoshim explained that originally the Levi absolutely refused to stay when you become a Kohen Prophet. There's no way in the world. He ran away. He left. But he couldn't find anything else. So then he came back again. And I see that if I'm still on the table, I'm taking it because I can't find anything else. And Michal, of course, is very happy to have him. So he made it. He, he, re-accepted, he re-accepted him even later on. Did he, didn't he make one of his sons already, Connie? He did, but he wanted a levy. A levy was consecrated as the shevet, which was meant to do the avoid. So, it was a, so he made the levy into a coin? So he made the levy into the coin. And that's what he says. Then you got to make a coin. And by Yemale, Michal, he had a levy. By he had a narrow coin. And Micha now appoints the David to be the Kohen, and he became the Kohen of Oedazah. And Micha is very happy, so now Hashem is going to be good to me because the Levi became the Kohen. And once again, it's part of the confusion of the story. Are you trying to work for Hashem? Are you trying to work against Hashem? We said it's a, you consecrate the money to Hashem at the beginning to make a pestle, and now that uh, you're making the pestle, you're serving the pestle, which is Mamash of Oedazah. And now, no, Hashem's going to be happy with me because I found the David to serve the pencil for me. So, obviously, we still have to explain the next time. This whole confusion of what, what, what Michal thought he was doing exactly. There was an Athena Drash who was trying to be out of a desire. Did he think it's what Hashem wanted? Like, what, what was going on over here? But, uh, we'll talk about the next time. It's very negative to the story. But what I want to talk about now is a, a very fascinating point. And that is, why did Moshe Rabbeinu deserve that his grandson should be caught up from his whole Mesa? So, firstly, how did it happen? So the Gemara tells us that the grandson of Moshe made a mistake about something his grandfather said. Because what what his grandfather, what Moshe did say, what the grandson remembered him saying, was that it's better for a person to do an avodah which is zarala, which is strange for him, which is unbecoming for him, rather than take tzedakah. And the Gemara explains that pshat nevil to b'shuka. It would mean skinning animals in the street, which is a very hard labor. It's also a very uh, menial labor. Right? But that's the kind of job that a person's offered. Rather than going around and taking handouts, he should do even a, a job which isn't befitting him. And the uh, Gemara says that Moshe's grandson mistook that to mean not an avodah which is unbecoming to him, but avodah zara. And if we said it's better to serve as avodah zara rather than take soccer. And again, his explanation, why would he think like that? What would have him in the beat? Which again, we have to explain what the Savoy Desire was and why it was making so many mistakes, causing so many mistakes. But there's another point here also. And that is, this was a Mirakanegad Mita. Because in some way, Moshe was responsible for the whole story of Mecha. Like we said, according to Chazal, Ba'atsa and Mecha was one of the babies which was meant to get land up correct into the walls of Egypt. And it's only Moshe's Tfilis, which he forced Hashem to kill let Mecha, let Mecha get out, and as a result, Mecha became a source of Saras for Kaisal all the whole way through. And the Mirakanegad Midah was Moshe's grandson was the one who was caught up in the in serving Micha's idol because he was at some st- at some extent to blame to some extent to blame for the whole story of Micha because it was only through his Twitter that Micha didn't get killed in Egypt and and he was able to to build years later build the castle. Obviously it's always going with the Chazal that we're talking at the beginning of the period of the Shaftim, which means Micha was one of the Atimit Shaim, and it was also a time when Moshe's grandson was still being alive. That's a, it's a different uh, time period. That's the one point. 
the other interesting point here, yeah, and this is one of the reasons Mecha was so happy that the Levi stayed with him is he felt that this way I'm being over to Moshe Ben. Mecha knew the story. He said, Moshe stayed with his life by getting him out of the walls of Mitzrayim. Oh, I'm giving his grandson a job bringing the coin from my way to Zara. I'm, I'm being, so to speak, paying back the debt to Moshe, which is that's why he was Yetiv Hashem. It shall be good to me now because you see, I'm, I'm paying back Moshe Ben by looking after his grandson. Which again, is also it seems that Michal thought he was doing something good, which needs to be explained. But that's the what I'm talking about tonight: the story of Michal's pestle and and the, what happened to it. Uh, well, next time we'll see. That, firstly, what was this mistake? What, what do they think they were doing? They thought they were weeping over the Azar. They thought they were weeping over the Azar. What exactly was the underlying kilo concept which, they were, which was confusing them here? And then we'll go back and see what happened then to the person.